Now, I would like you, for the highlight of the morning, let's turn to God's Word, 2 Corinthians. Chapter 1 is where we are going to begin today. 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, and if you would do me a favor, let's stand together as we receive this Word. I want to begin here with verse 18. The Apostle Paul writes to the Corinthian church, listen to God's Word for us this morning. This is Paul. Beginning with verse 18, but as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. May God add his blessing to that word. You can be seated now. Well, we are in this new series we're calling uh, Seven Words That Can Change Your Life. And last week, we talked about how Jesus, in fact, was the master of no. As followers of Jesus, the truth is you and I at times are called to say no. We're to say no to sin. We're to say no to being conformed to the world. We're to say no to sacrificing our lives, our families, our churches on the altar of achievement. There are things that, yes, we are to say no to. We're to say no to a hurried life. But I hope you heard that in our saying no, we are making room for, we are in fact saying yes to the possibility of making space for God in our lives. Now, I may not have to tell you this, but no is a powerful word. I found it interesting this week, I was reading an article that suggested that by seeing the word no just flashed in front of a person's eyes for less than a second, a person will develop stress hormones just by seeing the word. If you put a list of negative words in front of a person over uh, just a few minutes, they will feel more anxious, more depressed. And my point that I want you to think about then is that we have to say no at times in our lives, but we are not supposed to live there. We cannot live on a steady diet of no. It kills the spirit. We were made for something else. We were made for something that God has for us, a, a yes, a great yes. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Because when you love somebody, think about this with me. When you love somebody, part of what happens in you is you want to say yes to them. Think about it. If a parent and a child have a good relationship, and a lot of you, of course, have experience with this, when a kid comes to a parent and says, Mom, can, can I go on that trip? Or can I have permission to do this? Could we do this together? Can, can I have this thing that I've wanted for so long? Well, as a mom or as a dad, we love to say yes to our children. 
Now, you might have to at point say no, but a good parent loves to say yes. If a friend comes along and says, hey, can we spend some time together? Or if that friend says, you know, I, I have a secret that I'd like to share with you that I've never shared with anyone else. Or can, can I share this burden with you? Friends love to say yes to their friends. When you fall in love with somebody, remember those days? Romantic love, my goodness, that's really great. I, I grew up... Uh, I grew up rather shy when it came to girls, and I was part of the Friends Church, so we were very conservative in a lot of ways. But I can still remember vividly the first time I said to a girl, can I kiss you? And she said, yes. Of course, it was Mary, and we had been married for two years, and probably, <laughs> probably a right time, but uh, wow. Now, think about this. The truth is, every one of us carries a yes or a no for other people in our lives. We all know this. When, when there's somebody who has a yes in their heart for you, they believe in you, they want the best for you, they encourage you, they, they, they see what you do well, they see what you can become, they see it all, and, and they may have to confront you sometimes, they, they may have to challenge you, which can be stinging and painful at points, but the only reason they do that is, is because they love you so much, their heart for you is yes. But I suspect most of us in this room also know about when people have a no in their hearts for us. How different that is, they, they're always criticizing. They're always finding fault. They always find a way to rain on the parade. They always suspect that you're not doing what you were saying you would do. They, they don't want you to do well. That's what no looks like. Of course, we do this with one another in all kinds of ways. You're, you're in one lane, and you need to get over in traffic. Have you ever been there? And, and, and you're wondering, does that person that, that I need to cut in front of, do they have a yes in their heart, or do they have a no in their heart for me? And you look over, and you're trying to communicate through the glass. You're trying to figure out, do they say yes, or do they say no? And if they say yes, you, you, you say thank you. You find a way to signal thank you. And if they say no, we have other signals that we that we use but here is the here's the deepest question it seems to me this is this is an important question that I think we all need to answer do you think God has in his heart a yes for you or a no for you. How do you see God this morning? Do you think God in his heart has a yes for you or a no for you? Because I'm going to tell you what you believe about God, what you believe about God having a yes or a no in your heart is your destiny. It's your destiny. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. They aren't sure what is in Paul's heart toward them. The reality is he had written them that very stinging letter. Have you read 1 Corinthians? 
It's all about what they were doing wrong, what they weren't getting right. There are a bunch of no's in that letter. And they're wondering, what is Paul feeling about us? Is it yes or is it no? And what's made it even more difficult is, is that Paul had planned to come and visit them. And I'm sure part of the plan was to, to smooth it over, to see each other face to face, to sense one's heart toward the other. But their question is, does he really care about us? What's in Paul's heart for our church? Is it yes or no? But Paul has to write them directly, and he wants to answer this question. And yet it's so interesting to me as I think about it, because instead of grounding his response in his own character, because he had planned to visit them, but plans change. It wasn't working out. They're thinking, oh, here goes Paul. There must be a no in his heart for us. But instead of grounding his response in his own character, and by the way, you should never ground your faith in some leader in the church. Not me, by the way, not Pastor Jeff, not the mega church pastor that has the cool podcast, not the, the radio preacher, certainly not the TV preacher. My goodness, if we have learned any lesson in the modern American church today, we ought to have learned not to ground our faith in our leaders because time and time and time again, they'll let you down. They'll fail you. I will let you down. It will surely lead to pain. So Paul does not ground his answer in whether or not he's able to do what he said he was going to do. He wants to do that. But he grounds his answer, in fact, based on the character and the heart of God. Listen to what he says. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not Yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in, in him it has always been yes. With God it is always a big yes. Listen to what he says. For no matter how many promises God has made, now, I love that. How many promises has God made? There are an awful lot of promises in Scripture. By one count, there are 7,457 promises that God has made. And notice here, Paul says, not a lot of them are yes. Paul doesn't say many of them are yes. He doesn't even say most of them are yes. No, Paul comes along and he says, every promise that God has ever made is yes in Christ Jesus. That means for us this morning, God has a yes in his heart for you. That means I might get things wrong. My promises, they might get broken, Paul says, but God's promises are certain in Jesus Christ. And so does God have a yes or no in his heart for you? Paul says it is always yes in Christ Jesus. That means something this morning. Listen, I don't care what your life is like right now. I don't care what your circumstances may be. Your mother may have had a no in her heart for you. 
Your father may have had a no for you. Your boss may say no. Your babysitter may say no. Your coach may say no. Your IRS agent may say no. Your dog may say no. Your cat will probably say no, if I know anything about cats. That guy or that girl. And yet all of God's promises, 7,457 of them are yes in Christ Jesus. So God, will you save me? Yes, in Christ. God, will you forgive my sin? Yes, in Christ Jesus. God, will you redeem me from the darkness? Yes, in Christ Jesus. God, will you give me a fresh start? Yes, in Christ. God, will you guide me in this area where I just don't know what to do? Yes, in Christ Jesus. God, will you give me the ability to forgive others and, and keep me from resentment? Yes, in Christ Jesus. God, will, will you help me in these difficult circumstances? God says, yes, I will. Yes, yes. All God's promises are yes in Christ Jesus. And that's where you and I get to live. When I was about nine years old, I was asked to start playing piano for our church on Sunday nights during their services. Uh, nine years old, I'd taken a few lessons, of course, by that point, and they, uh, Aunt Ruth had played for years and years. I think she was rather tired of it. She, she said, here, you do it. And so the problem was, however, is that uh, I knew exactly one song, one hymn. Uh, yeah, I, I had it memorized. I could play it. I'm pretty good at it, I suspect, but that's the only song I knew. So if you were coming to church on Sunday night, that's the song we were going to sing because that's the one song I knew, and it was called Standing on the promises standing on the promises of Christ my king through eternal ages let his praises ring glory in the highest I will shout and sing I'm standing on the promises of God and then it goes on and I still remember I'd still go over wherever the piano is and play it today but I love that reality standing on the that's the only reality that we have listen I'm not talking about this idea that you've got to have a positive attitude. Listen, you can have a positive attitude about something that's bad, and it's still going to be bad. But in Christ, we have a new reality, a new lens, a new way to look at the world. And it's yes, because of the promises in Christ Jesus. Listen, Paul, he knew something about suffering. Paul knew something about going to prison, the embarrassment of it all. Paul knew something about deprivation. He knew something about disappointment. He knew something about physical pain. He knew something about this idea that one day he would be a martyr. And yet he could say with all conviction, all the promises of God are yes in Christ Jesus. God has a yes for you. I want you to hear that. We can live like it. But I don't want you to miss this next part. There are two yeses in this passage. The first one 
is pretty easy to spot. We, we've talked about it. The promises of God are yes, all 7,457 of them. We can treasure them, savor them, immerse ourselves in them because of Jesus. But there is a second yes in this passage. The first one, he uses the word, the word we would expect, the Greek word for yes, and that word is the word nigh. But the second word here is the Hebrew word for yes, and it's the word amen. Now, we know that word. Of course we do. It's a church word. We use it in church often. It's, it's almost a pious kind of word. We use it at the end of our prayers. We can't imagine ending our prayers any other way. When we say a blessing at a meal, we end with amen. When we close the service, we end amen. But that's really not the way it necessarily would have sounded to the people in Paul's day. You see, in Israel, they love this word. It is a yes on steroids, if you will. It's not just affirming something. You could translate it, so be it. Or that's just the what I want. Or I'm really down with this. It could be like, Oh, yes. There's an emotion to it. There's some substance to it. Dallas Willard used to say, if you want, you could translate it literally, whoopee. <laughs> for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Whoopee. <laughs> I love that. Sometimes, and this doesn't happen often, but someone will get excited in, in the church about how God is good. And they'll hear something that the preacher says. It doesn't usually happen when I'm preaching, but, but they just can't hold it in, and they will say, amen. You ever heard that in church? Not here, but, but have you ever heard that? We're kind of like at the, you know, the... The auction, you know, the, the, uh, the high-class auction. We just kind of nod and, you know, maybe affirm with our eyebrows or something. That's Yeah, just kind of point, whatever it is. But, but that's the idea I want you to get here. This is awesome. This is amen. I'm down with that. Yes. Oh, yes. It's a fabulous word. And Jesus says yes to us. Therefore, listen to this. We, in response, get excited and pleased and joyful. Yes. Amen. Whoopee. That's the yes of life. It's a yes of joy. And we're invited into this because, listen, not because your circumstances are good. Not because you're smart. Not because you're rich. Not because you're young. Not because you got it all figured out. But because all God's promises are yes in Christ Jesus. So we say amen. Whoopee! I've been thinking a lot about this passage lately for a number of reasons. But in 1 Chronicles, we have this interesting point made. 
It says this, as the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came to the city of David, Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked out the window and saw King David dancing and rejoicing. She despised him in her heart. Do you get the picture? The ark is coming in, there is a parade, there's a marvelous celebration going on into Jerusalem as they welcome the Ark of the Covenant, which is the symbol of God's presence, into the city of Jerusalem. But Michal, she's not a part of the celebration. She's above, looking down, looking out from the window. Of course, this is really a foreshadowing of something else. This is a foreshadowing of Jesus himself coming into Jerusalem. It is a picture of the very presence of God coming into Jerusalem when Jesus enters himself. And Jesus is, is, is so close to us even now that, that he's closer than the air we breathe. And the truth is, we can respond in one of two ways. With a yes or a no. I can be David, or I can be Mikhail. I can dance, or I can despise. Let me ask you this morning, when you, when you see others worshiping, when they lift their hand, when they sing out, when they participate, do you dance with them, or do you despise them? God's people are basking in the presence of God, his kindness, his goodness, his yeses, his love. And let me just say this. If when I worship, if my worship doesn't make me kinder and sweeter and more lovely and more, more wonder-filled, then I haven't worshiped. I missed it. If I get more no coming out of worship, then I get yes. Something's wrong. So this is the second part. If you know God's yes for you, he's for you, he loves you, he's come to you in Christ. Then think about this passage. God has said yes to you. All God's promises are yes in Christ. Listen to this. And so through him, all that he's done, all that he is, all the promises, of men is spoken by whom? By us. To the glory of God. The amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now that is the second yes. There is the yes that God says to me. And there must be a yes that I say to him. Can I ask you something? Have you said yes to God? How many people in this room have never really thought about it? How many people in this room haven't taken the time to say yes to God's redemption, to the gift of heaven? Listen, I know this. I'm a pastor. I've been here for years. I've had these conversations. There are people in this room, you ask them, have you said yes to Jesus Christ? 
I don't know. I, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Now, I can fully respect someone who will flat out say, no, I just don't believe it. I can understand that. I, I, I can work with that. What I don't get are those who come to church. They sing with the rest. They listen faithfully. But when it comes to saying, do you say yes to God? I, I don't know. I've never done it. Never really thought about it. I haven't really gotten around to it. What are you waiting for, friend? This is your day to say yes, to know, to know, to know that you have said yes to God. This is your day when, yes, I sealed it. I understood that God provided through Jesus Christ my plan to give me eternal life through all that he has done. This is your day. How many people have not said yes to his forgiveness and grace and promise of eternal life through Jesus Christ? My friend, it's time to say yes. Whoopee! Amen. We do this because God has made 7,457 promises, all of them fulfilled in Jesus. We do this because every single one of them finds their fulfillment in what Jesus accomplished when he came to this earth, when he taught from the scriptures, when he died on the cross, when he got up from that tomb, every one of them is guaranteed because on that third day, his body, which had been placed in the grave when the stone was rolled away, he got up again, death was defeated. I know, now listen, I know that the Bible doesn't say this, but I still believe it, that when Jesus got up out of that grave and he walked out into that sunlight, I think he said, yes, yes. And I don't think he was walking either, do you? I think he was dancing or moonwalking or something because he was excited and thrilled. It was, it was the, 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 the pinnacle of history. Everything changed. That's why we say yes to God. That's why you and I can dance too. And I'm not a dancer. That's not my spiritual gift, so I'm not going to try it. But You know, I think that's why the Bible ends the way it does. A lot of people probably never really thought about it or paid much attention. But the end of Scripture has some beautiful, glorious, wonder-filled words. There's a reason why the book ends this way. This is what the Apostle John writes. He says, he who testifies to these things, this is he who bears witnesses to all these promises that have been made. That is Jesus who came up from the tomb. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Now, it may not seem like to us soon when you think about decades and years and suffering and pain, but I understand this, that God's timing is not our timing, and when you put it in light of eternity, it's just a blink of an eye. And he says, yes, I am coming soon. And what happens next? Amen.
we say amen whoopee to that come lord jesus the grace of the lord jesus be with god's people amen let it be so that's the way the book ends so this week let your life reflect that great yes when you wake up tomorrow when you see people when you go to work when you rest when you cry when you laugh wherever you live may every moment be filled with a yes amen whoopee Because in Christ, all of his promises are yes. That's good news. Would you pray with me? Let's just bow our heads right now. And would you bring to God whatever no you've been dealing with? That disappointment? that relationship that's gone sour, that heartache, hurt, some loss. And would you just hear God's yes over you? Maybe the Holy Spirit right now is revealing sin in your life and Maybe this morning you need to say yes. Lord, you're right. I'm wrong. But would you just immerse yourself in the yes of God? The God who says, I love you. I loved you so much that I sent my son to die for you so that you and I could be together for eternity. The God who says, I delight in you. I created you. I don't make junk. I made you beautiful and glorious. My son died on the cross for you, so one day you and I will be together and you will become all that I designed you to be. He loves you with a passionate yes. I pray for that person who, when they walked in this morning, if I'd asked them the question, have you said yes to God? And they'd say to me, I don't know. I pray that this is their day. This is your day. Would you say yes to Jesus? Jesus, I'm in. I'm all yours. God, we say to you now, our own great yes. We will go where you want us to go. We will do what you want us to do. We will give what you want us to give. We will be who you want us to be with the power of your spirit, with your help, oh God, when we wake up and when we go to sleep. We offer you now our words, our actions, our very lives. And we say, yes, God, 
let it be. Whoopee, I'm a part of your family. And everybody who agreed with that prayer will say, Amen.